This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. Welcome back once again to another edition of First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network and wherever you decide you feel like finding a podcast. I am the Crav, joining me across the internet, county lines, multiple highways, is Bill Nye, the dynasty guy. Still going to take a while to get used to that. Got to be hey, honest. You're the one who came up with it. I'm just doing I what did, you and did. that and that was on the fly. So I was spontaneous, which was weird for me. And you've adjusted quickly, which is weird for you. How dare you? <laughs> Don't give me that nonsense. Anyway. No, no, no. We're, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, like an old married okay, couple. I hate this. Anyway. We know. Correct. We know. The last time you heard our voices, we went over our top 15 dynasty wide receivers. And for me, it was more just like a general top 15. We didn't specify whether you were trying to go in now or whether you were trying to be a rebuilder. And we can give you that information over on Twitter at FDD underscore ethos. You could also find us at BNK radio. We got a threads too. Don't discount the threads. We're on threads. At least I'm on threads at V underscore crav. I'm going to start to get some dynasty content pump in there as well. I'm still on the Twitter because I haven't been convinced yet. I know. You're, it's okay. You don't have to be convinced. Anyway, I'm sure we'll move there eventually. I, I hope we do. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere. It got 100 million followers, downloads, whatever it is, and it hasn't even been out a week. And But what has happened is only the fight between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk has just intensified. It's absolutely glorious. Listen, when somebody suggests a legitimate dick measuring contest, that's when I wash my hands. That's when I clap it up and say, you know what? You need to take care of you. You got a lot going on, sir. I want nothing to do with you. But I do want something to do with your wide receiver rankings, because we went over, like I said, the top 15 of ours last time around. You can find that wherever you find our podcast over in the archives. And they were very similar, like extremely similar. We only well, had one differentiation between the two of us. I believe that was Tyreek Hill. If I remember correctly. Yes. I had him lower just because he only, I think said he was going to play another year, maybe two. So that's why I dropped him further down because as a dynasty startup, which is what we were doing, the fact that I know his end date, like confirmed, even if he's not quite as old, that, in my opinion, he has to be dropped below, like even another tier of wide receivers. If you're going win now, though, he's a. Prime oh, if you're going win thing. now, then obviously at that point. But overall, if you want to try to get, you know, a solid team for as long as possible, I I move him down at with that regard all right and where you and i were different on my list i didn't have Devonte adams in my top 15 but he is number 16 for me i'm pretty sure Devonte adams at this stage in his career is quarterback proof whether it be jimmy g 
whether it be Aiden O'Connell or whoever it is they have starting at quarterback when Jimmy G eventually gets hurt. I do think that if any wide receiver in this league is quarterback proof, you would be hard pressed to find somebody more quarterback proof than Devontae Adams. I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me here. I've owned him multiple places, multiple leagues over the last few years, and he's a machine. The real test will be this year when he's got Jimmy G as opposed to Aaron Rodgers or even Derek Carr. So we'll see what that looks like. I mean, he led, the the man, he, he led the league in touchdowns last year. <laughs> he did, and that team was not great. So the only problem is he failed me at the end of the year, completely disappeared. Sore subject. Anyway, Krevit, both of us, I have DK. At my number 16, I had Devontae, as you said, up in the top 15. Both of us have Debo at number 17. Now, the question I have is, I view him as an elite talent. He's definitely a weapon. I just don't know if it's going to be like immediately this year or if it's going to happen after this year. And what I mean by that is, since McCaffrey got there, a lot of what made Debo special the last two plus years really diminished. I mean, not only that, he he is often injured, right? Debo Samuel is somebody who, you know, hasn't been able to stay healthy, and it's always been his lower body that had been the issue. Um, But to close out the year last year, there was only one game in the last five that he eclipsed over nine targets. In that one game, he had 133 receiving yards and a touchdown Plus, he ran the ball three times for an additional 30. When he's healthy, they do find ways to get him the ball. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. And on top of that, you guys will hear in a little bit, I'm very high on Brandon Ayuk. He's under 25, and he can be a stable workhorse receiver for you for quite some time. Debo is he's not that much older, but he is still older than Brandon Ayuk. So I would keep that in mind also. But right now, I do think Devo Samuel is, like Will said, the superior talent. And I don't think that he's going to see his touches diminished that much more just because he is so electric with the ball in his hands. And hopefully... That team will be fully healthy, whether it's um, uh, can't believe I'm going to say this, but Sam Darnold starting for the San Francisco 49ers, whether it's uh, Brock Purdy starting for the mm. San Francisco 49ers, or whether it's Trey Lance starting for the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Hey, he's on their roster. He was a former high first round draft pick. So they tried I, I, to I know him. it's. I know, I know. I, listen, all, all I can do is say what's there. You can form your own opinions on it if you so choose to. Fair. He's there. He has yet to be able to stay healthy. So we really don't know what he's capable of. I will say if Trey Lance is healthy, Christian McCaffrey's value will go down because he's the mobile quarterback that Colin Kaepernick was, and he'll be siphoning away some carries from McCaffrey and from Debo. I do think Brock Purdy is the best case scenario for any offensive weapon the 49ers do have, though. I will say that, and it looks like he might be ready to begin the year after his injury in the playoffs, which is beyond nuts. Also beyond nuts, at least for me, DJ Moore has a brand new home in Chicago, and I do think that he will, I want to say take a step 
because this could be the best quarterback he's played with in quite some time. But Justin Fields I, obviously is the man who runs the ball a lot more than he throws it. Do you think the Bears change their offensive scheme to uh, get DJ more the ball in his hands more? I don't think it's about changing the scheme. I think the scheme worked pretty well. And it showed you that even with no wide receivers, what Fields could do with his legs. But what I think it does is opens up, you know, downfield throws a little bit more when he scrambles. What I think it does is having a receiver like that, it's going to pull away and allow him to run even more. I don't think DJ Moore is going to have an 100 catch kind of season, but I do think he's going to have a very high yard per catch. I do think he's going to be able to get to 10 touchdowns, mostly on, you know, deep shots. That's more than anything take. else. I, I, I really do because you're really going to be focused on stopping Justin Fields running. That is going to be the focus. And now, you know, they may have lost David Montgomery, but they have a three headed running back monster along with him. They drafted um, Roshan jo- uh, Johnson. You have Khalil Herbert, who's a little bit of a do everything. And then they brought in Dante Foreman to be kind of the goal line back type of guy. So the, the the most touchdowns DJ Moore has had in a season was seven. That was last year. So he does have room to go up. And who is his quarterback? uh, You. And before that, that is so sad. He had three straight seasons of four receiving touchdowns. So the potential for Moore is there. He also had the lowest amount of receiving yards since his rookie year at a shade under 900 at 888. In his rookie year, he had 788, so only 100 more yards. And before that, he had three seasons of at least 1,100 yards. So the potential for DJ Moore to take a step up and to become an actual big-time receiving threat is there. Darnell Mooney went healthy was solid, but that was the only real wide receiving threat that they had last year. Cole Komet sort of stepped up and it's not like exactly. It's not a real receiving threat as it is. So fields was forced to run. He was forced to run because people weren't getting open. They didn't have enough talent. They weren't good enough. Having DJ Moore there can. I want to say can help take this offense to the next level and maybe even make the bears a threat in the NFC. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, but you have a different NFC North receiver in this slot. Well, mostly we inverted a few guys. Um, I have more, a little bit lower on my list. I have him down at 20. Uh, I have Christian Watson up at 18 and what he did once he finally got, you know, a little bit of, games under him once he got healthy there was that stretch where he was arguably a top five wide receiver now he scored like six touchdowns in the first four weeks during that stretch but absolutely showed that he is very capable of just being you know kind of like he reminded me a little bit of Debo Samuel in the fact that just a wide receiver weapon that's all over the place and he has another gear and he is special. Now I know he's going from Rogers to Jordan love, but the talent is talent. So I really think as young as he is, whether it's Jordan love, whether it's eventually not Jordan love or whether it's with another team, you know, three, four years from now, 
I think Watson in a dynasty league has ridiculous upside. I don't have him too much further down than you. I have him in the position you have DJ Moore. Swaps. So we're sort of on the same page. And to further the fact that we're on the same page, you and I have the same receiver at 19. Once again, it's another really, guy. We, we need we need to start seeing other people. This is nuts, Will. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's preface this. By the way, people, side story. We're doing a side story. Krevin and I do at least eight leagues together a year. At least. But, but the point is, out of those eight, I would venture to guess that if we draft every year, not not dynasty leagues because that's different. But if we draft against each other every year, I'd say six of those eight we are drafting right next to each other. It is and, a weird occurrence, yep. and the world cannot explain this, but it happens. And we just did a draft order drawing, literally last week, and once again, we are right back to back. You cannot write this. You cannot make this up. And we both hate each other because it continues to happen. And listen, Will and I, um. Will Will is the commissioner of this redraft league, and I guess I operate as sort of a co-commissioner. I operate as a co-commissioner, regardless who the commissioner is. I refuse to take on the mantle of commissioner with the people in this league. They are monsters, and I will constantly refute the honor as much as it is thrust upon me. Will and I (laughs) do this. We used to do it in in a beer pong capacity, which was a lot of fun. We used to uh, set up uh, 12 cups. We would have somebody unrelated set them up so we didn't know who was who and then we would just shoot to see the draft order we aren't doing that right now so i had the numbers one through 12 on my side of the internet will had the 12 names of the league on his side of the internet and i pick a number will picks a name i pick a number will picks a name and then when i'm picked i'm picked five and then at the end of the day there are only two slots left Slot six and slot 10. And there are only two names left. Will. Yeah. And somebody who will remain nameless. Okay. And I pick up number six and I look at it. I stare into the camera much like I am now. And you guys won't be able to see that. I say, Will, this is going to be you. And Will, as if we are both magicians, pulls out a name He looks at it and reads it, and he tells me to fuck off because he is indeed number six. And this, like Will has said, um, has happened more often than not for the better part of the last decade. And it has been a decade because Will and I started our first redraft league back in 2013. So a literal decade of drafting next to each other. It's very, very, very difficult to put together the best team you can when you're drafting next to the person, A, you know better than most people, B, have had a fantasy football podcast for for the better part of the last five to six years, and C, can read your mind when you are on the clock and don't realize who you're going to take. They know who you want to take before you do. And that person is usually good enough that taking them right before you is justified. So either we always end up loving our teams 
or, and this occurs more often, we hate our teams. So we're not really here to talk redraft, but we, we keep you guys informed if you want. Let us know on the Twitter at FDD underscore ethos. Let's talk about Chris Godwin real quick. A man that if he could ever not miss a game would be, you know, a top 15 receiver, but he is hurt often enough that he drops a little bit. The talent's there. I know Brady isn't anymore, but either I'm really not worried about that past this year because either they're going to draft a new quarterback next year or he's getting traded and they do a full rebuild. I don't know which one it's going to be, but either way, not as concerned this year. I think there's definitely future down the road. And Godwin, like I said, massive talent. I feel like either Baker or Trask, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback, is going to look short more than they'll look long, and which is why I think Mike Evans is a horrible play this year in both Dynasty and Redraft. Chris Godwin last year had 142 targets. A lot of those were short. And I can tell you this because he only had two games over 100 yards. And the first one didn't even come until the end of November. Chris Godwin is a PPR machine. Baker Mayfield does know how to move the ball when the average depth of target is less than 10 yards, less than five yards. Chris Godwin is there for you to be that guy. I don't know how much you trust. Who's their tight end right now, William? It's not Cameron Brait. It's k yeah, I don't know how much you trust Kate Otten to be that person underneath for you. Chris Godwin can be that guy. And when healthy, he's shifty enough to get you any amount of yards you need. He also only had three touchdowns last year. So the potential for more touchdowns is indeed way, way, way up there. I'm a big Chris Godwin guy this year. I've been a big Chris Godwin guy for a while. And I I think his success can continue on, like Will said, regardless of the quarterback is between now and when they draft their next guy, whether it be next year or the year after. Uh, And now we get into, so that's pretty much the top 20. So you get an idea. That's pretty much your wide receiver ones to your, most of your wide receiver twos. And you know, this 20 to 30 is also wide receiver two, getting to wide receiver threes. And Kravit, I'm going to start off mine with a guy that was suspended for a whole year, but now finds himself being the wide receiver one with arguably the best young quarterback in the league at this point. Do you have any idea who I might be talking about? Before we get into the next wide receiver, I got to tell our listeners about a very special time over on Sports Ethos. Um, they're officially launching their NFL draft guide for the 23 fantasy season for redraft. Very important to have a fantasy drive, whether it's for redraft or whether it's for dynasty. We joined up a little bit late this year, so we're going to have a dynasty draft guide next year. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, but this one already has 60 pieces of content, including a massive team breakdown and rankings for each individual team. And there's going to be more than 200 features before everything is all said and done before kickoff. We're less than 60 days away, by the way, from kickoff. Incredible. Right now, and only right now, you can get the fast pass for the ridiculous rate of just $4 a month at sportsethos.com. Just four bucks. Just don't have a coffee one day. If you're a basketball fan or a baseball fan and you do fantasy for those, there's some new product coming for that as well. 
and you can get the whole package of football, basketball, and baseball for $7 a month. And I took a look at this a little bit. The fantasy basketball stuff is something that I'm going to be looking at. Fantasy Ethos does everything very well, but their basketball stuff specifically is what I'm excited to dig into. Um, You guys should look into it. I know I am. Um, but if you're looking at the basketball stuff, that goes up to $10 a month once the season starts. So you might want to start looking into that pretty quickly. The basketball season is already two months away. We already have Summer League going on, and Wemby's already done. Two games, and he's done. Um, if you're thinking about a f- premium fantasy membership, do it now. Act now. Lock in $7 a month for the rest of your natural-born Life. Check it out now. And while you're at it, while you're on sportsethos.com, you can follow on Twitter at ethosfantasyfb to make sure you get all the redraft content, all the dynasty content, and all the other sports content you could possibly desire. That handle one more time is at ethosfantasyfb. Let's talk about Calvin yeah. Ridley. Well, you just ruined the surprise. Was it really a surprise? You mentioned already that he was, you know, suspended for a year. He's on a new team. There's only so many of those people in the league, Will. Yeah, well, okay. So it's Calvin Ridley and mostly because Trevor Lawrence, what he showed last year, if you're going to extrapolate on what he's going to do for the rest of his career, I know Calvin Ridley's a little bit older. He's 28, so not not as old as some of the other receivers. But if you could get four or five years of Calvin Ridley with Trevor Lawrence about to enter his best years, I absolutely think that that could be something special, which is why I have him up at 21. And rounding out my next five, I have Terry McLaurin, Trey Burks, Brandon Ayuk, and Michael Pittman, all young receivers. I got a bunch of young receivers as well. And Calvin Ridley, I am very high on Calvin Ridley. The one issue that I have with him is he hasn't played football for two years. He was suspended last year. He was injured the year before. I'm excited to see what he can do on the Jaguars team, but he'll have to compete with Christian Kirk. He'll have to compete with Evan Engram if they manage to get him locked down to a long-term deal. And you know how I feel about Zay Jones. I am a huge Zay Jones guy. It's unwarranted, of course, but he's still there and was able to produce last year as the team's second receiver. Plus, you have Etienne in the backfield. Now you have Tank Biggs. There's a lot going on in Jacksonville. I love, love Calvin Ridley, but I don't know if he's more of a play for this year or in the near future. That being said, I have him at 27. I have him as a top top 30 guy, too. So I'm not crapping on it by any means after Brendan Ayuk after Christian Watson I have Brendan Ayuk I mentioned him a little bit earlier Brendan Ayuk I think has the potential to be one of the top 10 wide receivers moving forward he's only played three seasons already has 20 touchdowns had eight last year he had over a thousand yards receiving and he was he's just very, very good. He's a very reliable receiver to have in the middle of the field. He could also stretch the field. He had three games of over 10 targets. He he only topped out at 101 yards receiving. And that was the second to last game against Las Vegas. And that was a shootout game. They won that game just barely 37 to 34. 
But you also have to remember that there was a lot going on with the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. And then you had Brock Purdy and then eventually Christian McCaffrey was throwing balls for them. You don't know what the deal is going to be. And moving forward, I do like Brandon Ayuk long term. I don't know if I want to say I like him more than I like Debo Samuel moving long term, but I kind of might don't. I don't know. It's kind of weird to say that, isn't it? I, I don't think you could say it necessarily. Uh, but he certainly did look better with Purdy than Debo did. He he needed he needed a conventional quarterback that has two functioning feet. That's all that, he that needed. Is, that is fair. That's all he needed. And once he got that with Purdy, he sort of just killed it. From weeks seven on, there were only three weeks that he had less than like 80 receiving yards when Purdy was on the field. Like Brandon Ayuk, towards the end of the regular year last year, was a top 15 wide receiver. Very underrated going into this year, whether you're in redraft or whether you're in a dynasty startup. Brandon Ayuk is somebody who I think you can build a wide receiver room around. Now, this person will, my next guy, number 22 on my list, in dynasty is not in your top 25. Now I have a hard time putting brand new rookies this high on the list, especially because as talented as um, Jackson Smoba is, I, I can't really put him that high this early, especially with some of the other names we have. He's very talented, but he is still the wide receiver three on the team. Lockett is not dead yet. Well, we don't know that. I, I think we know. He's not dead yet. Uh, but I do have him a little bit later, but I definitely do not have him in my top 30. I don't even see him on your list here. He's somewhere in there. Where he's supposed to be. I'm looking. Yeah, I don't I don't see him here. Um, Jackson Smith and Jiggle, listen. When you have guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson lobbying for him, saying that he's better than they are, you have to carry that. Like, that that has some weight to it. And I know A.J. Brown had said that Elijah Moore is that dude, and it turns out he was wrong so far. We don't know what it's going to be moving forward. He could have a career. No, he can't have a career renaissance in Cleveland. Nobody has career renaissances in Cleveland. Not Deshaun Watson, not Amari Cooper, not Elijah Moore, not nobody, no way, no how. Uh, Major Brown was wrong about that. But I do believe in uh, JSN. I really do. And I hate that I'm going to say this as a Jets fan. Um, but I believe in him because of Geno Smith. Geno Smith was a top 10 quarterback last year with DK Metcalf and with Tyler Lockett. No tight end. He had a very injured Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. They add Zach Charbonnet to that offense. They add JSN to that offense. That has potential to be a top five offense, being able to support multiple fantasy assets any given week, right? And moving forward, JSN will eventually be the second wide receiver on that team. And I think... hate saying this. I think Geno Smith in the next two years, three years is going to be good enough to support two major wide receivers for fantasy purposes. I just do. Next year and the year after, I don't see either DK Metcalf or JS, not JSN, JSN finishing below wide receiver 20 on the year. 
Tyler Lockett well, further down the list, of course. What this really tells me is that I really don't think the coaching staff in Seattle and mostly Pete Carroll gets enough credit for how well they prepare their quarterbacks. And you makes you wonder, given what you saw last year, and at least um, Russell Wilson now has Sean Payton, but what they actually did with him, if Russell Wilson went somewhere else, does he ever really have a career? Because he looked completely lost without this coaching staff. I mean... And Geno Smith looked really good. And as Jet fans, we know, we know. It's about playing to the quarterback's strengths, right? And teams, some teams do it, some teams don't. And when teams do it, they're more obviously more likely to be successful. And that's what's happened, I suppose, unfortunately, with Geno Smith. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yep. Um, I have Jerry Judy uh, just under JSN at number 23. Ooh. I know, I know, I know. I get it. I really do. <laughs> but last year, Jerry Judy had a little bit of a breakout party. And if you look at the reports that are coming from camp, and I, yes, I know. I know camp reporting is, you know, 90% hype, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will. And you can remember the name with the rest of it. But Judy, along with Russ Wilson in a Sean Payton led offense. And I think that's what the big thing is with me. The change of coaching, the change of offensive scheme could technically unlock the potential of the Broncos team here. And Jerry Judy still has very high draft value for the Denver Broncos are going to want to use him. And the reports are saying that he's going to end up with the ball in his hands a lot. Whether or not that's going to be proven to be true is obviously something else. But for his ADP of, I don't know, in the mid-fifth, early fifth, I would take that chance as a second or third wide receiver if you fill out your team. And if you're looking for that upside, I would do that in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's better than Cortland Sutton. I'll give you that. Well, but at times, <laughs> Cortland Sutton ain't nowhere near my list right now. Uh, that's a good thing. But ultimately, when you have reports coming out during the year last year, and even at different points in the offseason, that the best run receiver on the team is Tim Patrick, I still have no hey, faith that this is going to happen. You know I have been a Tim Patrick stand for the last two and a half, three years. Don't you I get dare it. besmirch the good name. But we both Tim know Patrick. we both know that even though this is not gonna actually happen, that the one thing that may happen out of all this is that for some reason the wide receiver one becomes KJ Hamler because that doesn't make any sense. Because nobody has any faith in any of these wide receivers to one stay healthy because they all get hurt, and two who actually Russell Wilson is going to throw to on a given night because I have no idea what's going to happen. This wide receiver group terrifies me. The one things I am certain about that offense is Greg Dulcich and Javonta Williams, who reportedly is saying he will be ready for week one. Your pessimism disheartens me, Will. Only with their wide receivers. That 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 disheartens me. Um, my sorry. next wide receiver, number 24, to round out the wide receiver twos, you're not going to like. 
you said you didn't like rookies in your top 25. I have two. And I say that for a decent reason here. Before the TJ Hawkinson trade last year, Adam Thielen was on on pace for 100 targets. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is that dude, and he's going to command at least 150. This year, Jordan Addison steps into the Adam Thielen role. It's not impossible that Kirk Cousins can support three guys, the two wide receivers and TJ Hawkinson, and give them all 100 targets over the course of the season. To do anything with those targets is obviously up to Jordan Addison. But he will have every opportunity in the world. And we both know he's not going to see any double coverage standing on the other side of the field of Justin Jefferson. It's just not going to happen. So he's going to see plenty of balls, plenty of targets, plenty of opportunities. And they invested a high enough draft pick in him that I think they think that he has the ability to turn that opportunity into success. That's why I have him rounding out as my second wide receiver rookie as my wide receiver 24. Well, I can't really complain as I do like Addison and Minnesota knows how to draft wide receivers as evidenced by Thielen and Diggs before him. And then obviously the big boy, Mr. Justin Jefferson. And I think Addison is going to have a great career, especially rookie year. The real question is, you know, what's quarterback going to look like in the next few years? Uh, Is um, Cousins going to be back? You know, what happens there? That is a question mark. As reportedly, they are going to let Cousins go after the year. We'll see what happens with that. But I do agree. He is going to be a number two receiver, seeing single coverage all day, every day. So there's a lot of potential there. And I do have him actually as my first rookie over in Jigba. And Jigba I have coming in right after him. Wow. But not in the top 25, just out of the top 25. Um, running I, I, do, I do. Yeah, go. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I do think that he is going to have a great rookie year. I think he's going to be... You know, it probably if, you know, B. John Robinson didn't exist, probably one of the second leading candidates for rookie of the year this year. Okay. I'm rounding up my top 25 is uh, somebody who's been very reliable over the past three years or so, regardless of who his quarterback is. Um, He has seen some garbage over the last season. He has seen Carson Wentz. He has seen Sam Howell. He has seen me in the backfield. And he still found a way to produce almost 1,200 yards last year on only 120 targets. He only caught 77 balls last year, five touchdowns. I think this could be a bounce back year for Terry McLaurin. I really do. Um, I hope so. They didn't do anything with that backfield. It's still Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I don't think Chris Rodriguez is going to be anything. That tight end room is a mess with Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, and whoever the hell else they have there. And Sam Howell has been getting pretty good reviews at uh, camp so far this offseason. And again, like I said before, it could be all coach speak. It could be all hearsay. But to be the number one receiver on that team this year, I think it'd be something special if Sam Howell does indeed take a step forward. Kind of like what I have with DJ Moore, a quarterback ready to take the next step and for this guy to be his number one option. I think that's something that could potentially be very exciting. 
He, he only finished with less than 50 yards receiving four times last year, which is pretty good in the grand scheme of things where when you remember Justin Jefferson had at least three games under 50, including championship week. Thanks, Justin Jefferson. Thanks, pal. Appreciate. I do appreciate your efforts. You're an amazing man. Never change. Terry McLaurin could be somebody to be a top 20 guy and to have him rank that as my 25th best guy, especially if you're a win now. People have seen him slide down into the late fifth, sixth rounds to try to round out your wide receiver room. You could do a hell of a lot worse than Terry McLaurin. And when you look back last year, the fact that Wentz was a train wreck and then got benched, and Taylor Heineke had to bail him out essentially last year. Just, you know, a below average at best quarterback play. But when you, you know, really look at the numbers, it was not a pass-first offense. It was a manage, you know, the game kind of offense completely. And, you know, there just there wasn't quite as many opportunities last year. They were playing it very close to the vest. They didn't want to really risk anything happening. So, and I think the, the high for Heineke on the year when he started the majority of the second half. His best game was 275 yards. He had three games, excuse me, four games under 200 yards passing offense total. So that's for the running backs, the tight ends, all the wide receivers. You're going to average 50 yards at best. That's the wide receiver one, which is just ridiculous. And they only, he only averaged about 15 completions a game. You're just not going to do very much with that. So hopefully with Sam Howell, a bigger arm, a young kid who could potentially be their future. And let's face it, most likely playing from behind a lot in the second half of these games, there's going to be some opportunity. And hopefully they, you know, at least keep themselves in these games, are able to be competitive, and they actually kind of just loosen it up a little bit. And if that happens, not only Terry McLaurin, who is still a young wide receiver. He's going to do a lot better, but also Johan Dotson flashed at times last year. He's later down on my list. But you have two really good, potentially great wide receivers that just they need a chance. Throw the ball more. For God's sakes, Washington. That's a riverboat wrong call, Will. We just got to see if it happens. Rounding out my top 30 is Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley. He is still top 30, I did tell you. Jamison Williams, when he comes back from suspension, could end up being a, dare I say, league winner. If you could manage to get him on the field week seven, have him stay healthy throughout the entire year. The man is a monster. Jahan Dotson is 29, and I'm torn between 30, whether or not it should be Traylon Burks or Quinton Johnson. And I don't really know how to feel about that. Well, I have Burks much higher on my list. And I, w- I would like to make this clear. Yes. If you're going win now, you take Keenan Allen over Quentin Johnson yesterday. Oh, yes. You take Keenan Allen over Traylon Burks and Hollywood Brown and Zay Flowers and George Pickens. And if you're going win now, Keenan Allen probably makes the top 25 of this list. But this is over the long term. This is somebody that you want on your roster three, four years from now. Keenan Thompson is not going not Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson is going to be on SNL forever. Keenan Allen will not 
be on the Chargers four years from now. Keenan Thompson is going to be on SNL longer than Keenan Allen will be on the Chargers. Yep, and less injury history with that. Um, well, I, I, I hope so. He has a relatively safe job. Dude's been on TV for almost 30 years. Yeah, I know. Disgusting. We still in school when he started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I do have Burks a little bit higher just because I think as far as dynasty, as far as you know, his physical attributes and the fact that there's no great threat behind him at the moment, I think he's definitely going to have, you know, more success over the next few years. Obviously, they drafted Will Levis, going to replace Tannehill eventually. If they have a horrible year, you never know where they end up. They could end up drafting like Caleb Williams next, if that's even more of a mess than we realize. Listen, the Bucks are going to be a bad team. The Falcons are going to be a bad team. The Cardinals are going to be a bad team. Uh, the Cardinals definitely, but I just I don't see how they can get out of that contract in order to draft Caleb in the first place. They'll probably they have, may figure out how to find a way. I just don't see it, and I really don't think Atlanta is going to be as bad as you anticipate them to be. Uh, but who knows? We, we, we will definitely see. Neither of us know. That's for God's But answer. we agree. We agree. The Bucks will be bad. That one we agree with. Yes, the Bucks um, will be very bad. So pretty much the rest of mine, I have pretty much the same guys in here. The only difference is I had Michael Pittman at 25. The the real question is he just he tends to disappear. He does get covered up from time to time. He'll have monster games and then he'll have games where he'll go an entire half with one or zero targets. And he's also going to have the least accurate quarterback in college football throwing him the ball for the foreseeable future. Can't well, forget we that. Will see, we, will, we will see Anthony Richardson, I think, has a better arm than people are trying to point out. I mean, he um, didn't play with anybody good at Florida last year. I'm not sitting here and saying that he had studs around him and he's bad. Well, from what the I'm tape I watched, is, I he, think he's going to surprise you more than you think. Because of like his ceiling is obviously Josh Allen. That's why he went second overall. Um, and that's why he's going second overall in a ton of drafts, uh, in, in a bunch of rookie drafts, I should say. Mm-hmm. However... Josh Allen is a unicorn. Dude is a stallion. I'm not so sure Richardson lives up to the hype. At least this year and next year. I'm going to include next year in this. And I don't know what that's going to do for everybody around him, including Pittman, including Jonathan Taylor, including Alec Pierce or Josh Downs, or whoever it is they decide want to be featured on that offense. They're going to be growing pains. And I'm not so sure that Michael Pittman will be immune to them. Yeah, basically, Josh Allen is one option. Cam Newton is a different one. Or Jamarcus Russell is another one. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm definitely thinking it's going to be more Cam Newton-ish at first. And then you're hoping it advances to a Josh Allen as his passing skills potentially get cleaned up. But we will see. Um, the only guy in my top 30 that you don't have that I'm a little surprised at is George Pickens. I have a 29. I have him at 33. He's not that much further down than the top 30. Um, but I don't know how much I trust Kenny Pickett to develop. And they're going to be committed to him for at least the next few years. Mm. Right. So I think right now I would rather have Jahan Doxson 
or Jamison Williams, obviously Calvin Ridley, maybe even Traylon Burks above him. I, yeah. Right now on my list, I do have Hollywood Brown above George Pickens at 32 and 33. That can change depending on Kyler's health, right? Kyler might not be back, and if he's not back, they're drafting Caleb Williams, and because they have Houston's pick, Houston's going to be bad too. It's not impossible. They end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. next year as well. So if that happens, you could bump Hollywood Brown all the way down this list. But we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. I'm I'm still trying to figure out if they, which I don't necessarily expect him back until at the very end of the season, if at best, how they get out of the contract they just gave him and can justify anyone actually taking him on because you can't draft a quarterback and still be holding on to that contract. I have no idea how it's going to work out, but I almost feel like that contract is such a big deterrent. I have no idea how it's going to work out. I want you to give me somebody from your uh, 50 beyond that you think can kind of make an impact immediately. I'll go first. Okay. There is not a cheaper wide receiver one from any team than Nico Collins. Weird to say, oh, I know. And we don't know what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins yet. He might end up back in Houston. That's what people are saying. He might end up in Tennessee. He might end up in New England. So this list will change before the beginning of the before the beginning of the year, of course. But right now, Nico Collins, even last year, showed flashes that he had what it takes to be the real boy that people wanted him to be last year to close out the year he had in the last four games he had two games with 10 targets he finished the year only two touchdowns but he also only played 11 games 37 targets and that was with davis mills throwing him the ball just under 500 yards and didn't really do anything else if the houston texans offense does take a step forward with damian pierce and devin singletary at the helm with John Mechie coming back from cancer. I think Nico Collins could end up being a legitimate back-end wide receiver three, somewhere in the wide receiver 30 to 35 range. I don't think that's unreasonable for him if everything goes right. And you can get him at a steep, 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 steep discount. Right now, he's number 61 on a PFF's list going into the year. I mean, hey, I've been yeah, go ahead. I've been waiting for it. Sorry, I've just we've been waiting for it. I just started to wonder if it's ever going to happen. I drafted him as a sleeper last year and kind of bit me. I I mean, C.J. Stroud is an incredible improvement over Davis Mills. Unfortunate, also, I thought Davis Mills would be much better in his second (laughs) year. Um, uh, Tank Dell is also there. If you guys think that C.J. Stroud pull matters. Jonathan Mingo has a legitimate claim to be the number one receiver in Carolina by the end of the year. Please keep that in mind. At the beginning of the year, it will be DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen is somebody who you can get real cheap right now. If you're looking for a win now kind of guy, if you're looking for a win now wide receiver one on a team, Adam Thielen is number 80 on this list. I like to look for more longevity when I'm drafting wide receivers. So Adam Thielen in a startup isn't somebody that I'm targeting at all, really. He'll give you a good eight games. Yeah, that's that's, that's about it. But if you want to talk value, I mean, Brandon Cooks at number like 55 
wide receiver too. I mean, all the guy does is put up a thousand yards years, and <laughs> he's going to be the wide receiver on a team which has a legitimate receiver one. Attention is going to be drawn away from him, and they're going to throw the ball a decent amount. So I definitely like Brandon Cook's value uh, there, and also as far as you know, young guys. I think by the end of the season, Terrace Marshall is going to be the number one wide receiver in Carolina. Just a interesting. Um, and I would love to say, you know, this is the year Michael Thomas makes a comeback. <laughs> but, I was waiting for that but, one, man. But I'm not going to do that. Wow. Because I've even though he's squatting there. 525 pounds, you don't think he can do it? I think he's going to come back and be serviceable. He's never going to be that guy again, which is a shame. But in his place, you had Olave last year. But the other guy that slowly like emerged last year, I love Rashid Shahid down at like in the eighties. Let's go, as you know. huge and, Shahid guy here. Um, I love what I saw. I think with Derek Carr, if you can you imagine all three of those wide receivers on the field at the same time, putting Michael Thomas in the slot now. Listen, those this two guys is a family outside, friendly show. Special. We're not talking about slotty things. We're not talking about things that oh, should be labeled NSFW. The people We're need not to know that. we love slotty things. I think that I think most people like things that are slotty. Mm. Good slot machine. No, I mean when in Maybe. Vegas. When in Vegas, I need to go back to Vegas. Anyway, I do think Rashid Shahid is going to provide a tremendous amount of value. Also, we do not know exactly what's going to happen with Kamara just yet. That won't happen until you know mid to late August. So, with Derek Carr, with the running back situation a little bit. In de- a little bit in doubt, you know, Taysom Hill and the tight ends, not necessarily going to be great. A focal point, those three wide receivers, I think are going to carry the team at least the first half. I wouldn't mind. I have some Shahid shares in, uh, we have him in the 32 teamer. Um, keep the- an eye on Isaiah Hodgins. Who else are they going to throw the ball to? But when Darren Waller gets hurt in, uh, on the other side of the tracks for the Giants. Uh, Chase Claypool can be something. I highly doubt it. He's too busy being a model. When we're looking at real deep cuts here, like real, real, real deep cuts, Justin Ross last year was supposed to be ridiculous before he got hurt. He's healthy now. It's not impossible that he emerges as the second receiver in Kansas city, maybe who knows? I don't know right now. Kadarius Tony is their number one and the man can't stay healthy. Plus he's nuts. And Mahomes has to throw to somebody other than Travis Kelsey. Why not Justin Ross? I don't trust Richie James. Who's actually ranked above him here, which is a little, a little crazy, at least to me. Juju's I mean, not there anymore. He's in new England. Who, who are they going to throw the ball to? I mean, late rankings, I mean, it's just kind of hit or miss. I really like. Oh, these are 100% these dart names, throws. Of course they're dart yeah, throws. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, the order doesn't exactly matter, but I'll, I'll tell you two things. If you're looking for a rookie impact this year that may be, like, a late steal, I really like uh, Puka Nakua for the Rams just because outside of Cooper Cup, obviously I know Stafford's taking a step back. We'll see what that offense is. But 2-2 Atwell, he ain't it. Van Jefferson, we know he's a one-trick pony. He ain't it. Skoranek, please. Puka Nakua is a physical 
big wide receiver. I think he's going to carve out a place very quickly by midseason as the team's number two, number three wide receiver. Wouldn't be surprised about that. And a wide receiver, if you're not looking to win now, maybe for next year, I love Charlie Jones as the future small, white, slotty receiver for Joe Burrow, who will, it will remind you, in the I have this feeling, of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. Just a gut feeling down the road. That is a hot goddamn take. There you go. Well, we have to make an impact. I got to give the people something to discuss. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think we can end on a better note than that. (laughs) Real talk. That is bold. Last round, if you can, draft Charlie Jones. He could be the next Julian Edelman. Or he could be the next Will Canova. We'll never know. Speaking oh, of you, problems, you could follow us on Twitter at FDD underscore ethos. Also at BNK radio on threads at the underscore crab. Although that's probably going to change within the next couple of weeks. We will keep you all updated with these rankings and please. Oh, please. Oh, please take a look at the dynasty and redraft guides over at sportsethos.com. $4 a month gets you all the information you need. And if you want baseball and basketball, it's only a couple bucks more at $7 a month for all of the inside information you could ever want. Give that a shot. That being said, we thank you very much for taking the time to listen to two schmucks talk about dynasty football. And we will be, hey, am I wrong? No. That's all I needed to hear. We will be back relatively soon on your favorite podcast feed. And for the rest of the night, he's Will. For the rest of the night, I am the Crab, and we will see you next time right here on First Down Dynasty. Have a good night, everybody.